Hello and welcome. My name is Dr. Kenitra Bryant, and today's motivational aim targets broke views. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the Aim Towards the Target podcast. For those tuning in for the first time, I am covering a series entitled Broke Blessings. This series primarily targets in on what Jesus breaks in your life if you invite him in your life to get rid of the things hindering your growth spiritually, physically, personally, professionally, emotionally, mentally, and relationally. Throughout this series, I will share some Bible-based examples where Jesus broke some things off of people. And never forget this, when Jesus breaks anything in a person's life, there is always a blessing associated with it. And in these examples I'm going to provide, we will see just that. When Jesus broke something off of someone and a person received a dynamic, long-lasting blessing. And let me say this again. If Jesus breaks anything in you, around you, on you, it does not mean that you are broken. It means that he is breaking up anything in your life that is causing any hindrance to the promises he wants you to receive and experience. Now, am I saying that when a person goes through a season of brokenness from the vile acts of others, is that a blessing? Absolutely not. No, it's not a blessing when people go outside the moral parameters of right and wrong to intentionally hurt people. No, that's not a blessing. That is not a blessing at all. It is not a blessing when people intentionally break others down, hurt people, manipulate people, try to kill people's opportunities and dreams and their confidence. No, that is not a blessing. Okay, When a person does that and they're trying to break somebody, that's not a blessing. And they're doing it from a space and a place of hate. No, that's not a blessing. But we serve a God who can restore you, who can vindicate you when people are doing things trying to break you down. And then we serve a God who knows how to turn things around So when people were trying to break you or they're trying to break you, everything's working together for your good, even though you don't know how. Now, going back to the motivational aim, using that same example, when somebody breaks you or they're trying to hurt you and just damage you, once again, God can turn everything together and work everything together for your good. And while he's working that together for your good, God knows how to break unforgiveness off of you. When people did you wrong and you chose to forgive them, God broke unforgiveness off of you. It's a blessing when God breaks bitterness off of you, when you go through these trying traumas in life. It's a blessing when God breaks rage off of you, when you think about the things people did to you. And you want to go let them know what time it is. You want to show them something. You want to inflict that same hurt and pain on them. God knows how to break rage off of you. Despite what people did to you. 
as I stated several times or touched on several times in this series already, God has great plans for us. God has so many blessings he wants to bestow on us, and he wants us to experience every good and perfect gift he has for us. But if there is anything on us, in us, or around us that shouldn't be, Jesus knows how to break it off of us. And sometimes when the breaking happens, it is absolutely painful, but there is a blessing in it every time. The breaking is a gift, even though it doesn't feel like a gift, it doesn't sound like a gift, it doesn't look like a gift. But when we go through the breaking process, that process is preparing us to receive the whole blessing with understanding gratitude, knowledge, and revelation, okay? I encourage you all to listen to parts one through six of this series. I'm going in on the motivational aim, broke views. And this motivational aim, broke views, pinpoints how Jesus can break a person's obscured view. See, a person can look at something intently, And they could be looking at something, but what they're looking at is unclear. What they're looking at is difficult to understand. What they're looking at is hard to perceive. It's confusing. It's dark. It's cloudy. But we serve a God. We serve a Savior who knows how to break any view that we are looking at. He knows how to break any obscured views we're looking at. So we can be blessed because sometimes we're looking at things intently that we shouldn't be looking at. We're looking at things that are too difficult to comprehend or understand. They're not clear. And we are fixated on that. Sometimes we're looking at things that are hard to perceive and we're racking our brain. Sometimes we're looking at things that are confusing and it's only a distraction. Sometimes we're looking at things that are dark. They have no eternal value in it whatsoever. And then it could be dark because God is not in it. And then we could be looking at things that are cloudy, thinking that if we just do A, B, or C, we can clear it up. We can erase the clouds. We can make it clear. We can make it make sense. Jesus knows how to come in, break our views, Break our cloudy views, break our dark views, break our difficult views, break our unclear views so that we can look at things from his viewpoint and we can truly experience and see the blessings, the insight, and the clarity regarding his promises and what he provides. There is a story in scripture when a woman experienced the blessing of Jesus breaking her previous views. But when Jesus broke her viewpoints before meeting him, this woman received a physical and eternal reward. And that is seeing things from a spiritual and eternal viewpoint. And this account that I'm about to go over can be found in Luke, the 13th chapter, and the 10th through the 17th verse. And I encourage you, as always, to read that passage of Scripture 
in its entirety, but I want to go ahead and share it with you, and here it is. As he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, a woman was there who had been disabled by a spirit for over 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called out to her, Woman, you are free of your disability. Then he laid his hands on her and instantly she was restored and began to glorify God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, responded by telling the crowd, There are six days when work should be done. Therefore, come on those days and be healed and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, Hypocrites, doesn't each one of you untie his ox or donkey from the feeding trough on the Sabbath and lead it to water? Satan has bound this woman, a daughter of Abraham, for 18 years. Shouldn't she be untied from this bondage on the Sabbath day? When he had said these things, all his adversaries were humiliated, but the whole crowd was rejoicing over all the glorious things he was doing. Now, you just heard that. If you were following along, you read it. And what was going on was Jesus was teaching in a synagogue. Jesus was teaching in the house of worship. And a woman was there who was disabled. She had an impairment that was physically seen. And anyone who has gone through a physical impairment or impediment, whatever it is, that disability doesn't just affect the physical body. It also affects a person's mental state of mind. It impacts their emotional state, their relationships, their finances, their social life their professional state, their health, and so many other factors. So, knowing what we know about physical impairments and disabilities, this woman in scripture, she was going through. She was going through for 18 years. For 18 years, this woman was bound by Satan in some area of her life. Satan disabled this woman. This woman was going through a demonic attack. And people saw a woman who was disabled for over 18 years, bent over, not able to stand up straight at all. But when Jesus saw this woman, he was able to see what she was disabled by, not only in the physical realm, but how she was disabled in the spiritual realm. In the spirit She was under demonic attack, and the spirit Satan had her bound, and that was the root of her disability. See, Satan had her chained up. That was the root, and her physical impairment was the fruit of what was going on. Satan possibly chained up and attacked her mind so she wouldn't adequately receive understanding and revelation. However, the woman was bound. Jesus saw this as a spiritual issue. And this can be the case for anybody listening. You could be or somebody you know could be going through a disability spiritually. 
And there could be an area in their life where Satan has his hands all on them. Satan probably has his hands over their eyes so they cannot see. Their view is distorted. Their view is dark. Their view is cloudy. They just can't see. Satan has them bound. He is crippling their ability. He is disabling them to do what God commanded them to do. His goal is to thwart what God's plan is in an attempt to steal, kill, and destroy you. That's what he does. So what did he do with this woman in scripture? He stole her view. He tried to kill her view. And he tried to destroy her view. And her view has something to do with her spiritual view, her relational view with God. Satan, his goal was to steal, kill, and destroy this woman. And that's his aim for us too. That's all he wants to do is to distort our view and steal, kill, and destroy us. That is his nature. If you think about times in your life, Satan steals time. Satan tries to steal your view of what you saw in an attempt to distort it so you will not go down the right path. Satan's aim is to steal a person's confidence, their knowledge. He steals information. He steals relationships and opportunities because he wants to kill anything God has lined up for you. And if he can kill your dreams, he can kill your views. If he can kill the information that you receive, he can kill your view. He can kill your hope. He's doing all of that in an attempt to destroy you. That's where his mind is. Now let's jump back to the woman in scripture. This woman was at church. She was at church. She was at church and her view was distorted. Jesus was teaching at church. Praise God, Jesus was there. She's at church. Jesus is teaching. She was disabled by a spirit. An evil, wicked spirit was holding her back. Something was crippling her. It disabled her body and her views. This woman's impairment and disability was so evident that she was bent over and she couldn't stand up. If a person is bent over and they cannot stand up straight at all, guess what? Their view is obscured because they can't view everything God wants them to view. They can't view what God designed them to view and see. They can't do that because they are bent over looking at things from one vantage point only. Something is crippling them so they cannot stand up straight. And that something is Satan. Satan doesn't want you standing up straight Looking at what God wants you to look at. No, he wants you to stay crippled looking at things from one vantage point, one view, so you can operate in that view and that vantage point for the rest of your life so you will not experience 
and you will not receive the blessings God has for you. He doesn't want you to know that. Because if you stand up straight, you might start seeing some stuff. You might start changing your life. You might start leaving people alone. You might start walking with confidence. Uh-uh. You can't have that. You might start impacting people too. Uh-uh. Can't have that. He wants you bent over, crippled with no revelation, no knowledge, no insight, no confidence, no nothing. No information, nothing. He does not want you to have that. Anybody not walking in the fullness of the promises of God and who God called and commanded them to be and declared them to be, anybody not walking and believing what God has for them is true, they are operating from a disability. They are disabled in some area or aspect of their life. Are you understanding what I'm saying? If anyone is crippled over and they can't stand up straight at all, their view is restricted to a narrow scope. When one's view is fixed to one spot, they can't see certain things. And when Satan does that to us, that is by his design. He wants us to focus on what's crippling us Even though we don't know what's crippling us, we're just looking at the symptoms and we're not looking at the root of the issue. That's what he does. He does it by design. He wants us to stay bent over. He doesn't want us straightening up because if we straighten up, as I just stated, and we're able to turn our head, listen to Jesus... Oh, Jesus has the power to break the view of what we're looking at physically to really see. And then we can see, oh, love, we're going through a spiritual attack. Oh, I'm going through an issue where I have a lack of information. Oh, I have an issue where I have a lack of understanding. Oh, I have an issue where I'm just going along with religion and not relationship with Jesus Christ. Oh, I have an issue where I'm not being obedient to God. Oh, I have an issue where I need to operate and walk in forgiveness And I need to run away from unforgiveness. Oh, I have an issue with pride. Oh, I have an issue of not keeping God first for real. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I have an issue. Well, I'm dealing with gossip. Oh, I have an issue with anger. I have an issue with control. I have an issue with just being snappy all the time. I have an issue where I'm greedy. Satan doesn't want you to see those issues. Because once you see those issues and you start standing up straight, you start to do things where you won't be bent over anymore. He doesn't want that. But praise God that we have a Savior, Jesus Christ, who can break our current view to look at things from the right viewpoint, which is the eyes of Christ, the eyes of God. Jesus knows how to break Limited views, obscured views, blurry views, and religious views. When Jesus saw this woman in scripture who was bent over, he called out to her stating, Woman, you are free of your disability. Then he laid his hands on her and instantly she was restored and began to glorify God. Now, isn't that encouraging? It's encouraging to know that no matter what we go through, Or whatever you're going through. Whatever you're going through. 
it is a blessing that God and Jesus can break that view. It can be a spiritual attack, a physical attack, a mental, financial, relational attack. No matter what, Jesus can restore you. He can heal you and he can break any view that distorted your ability to stand up straight. Jesus can break any view that distorted your ability to see what God wants you to see. Now, when Jesus broke the distorted view off of the woman, there was another view he broke. And that was the religious view of the synagogue leader and those who followed the synagogue leader. And if you all don't know, there are a lot of individuals who don't care to have a real relationship with God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit. They don't care about that. They do not care about a relationship with Jesus. They do not care about a relationship with God. They do not care about spending time with God, obeying God, doing what God told them to do. They don't care about that. But they're at church. Some of them are at church. And some of them don't care. And some of them are leaders at church. And they don't care. They don't care about praying to God. They don't care about gaining insight and guidance on living a God-honoring life. No. They don't care about that. They don't care about forgiveness. They don't care about seeking the truth about God. They don't care about seeking the truth and trying to live a holy lifestyle. They don't care about love. They don't care about responsibility. They don't care about accountability. They don't care about any of that. They don't care about treating other people with respect. They don't care about integrity. And they are in church. (laughs) They're in there, boy. They are some, some, not everybody. Don't misunderstand me. Some of them are quote-unquote church leaders. Some, okay? Keyword some. Not all, not everybody, but some. Now, some of these people, some of them, they don't care about godly things. Like I said just a second or a minute ago, they don't care about God. They don't care about the truth in God's word. They don't care about reading the Bible They don't care about living by the Bible. They don't care about any promises from God. They don't care about, they don't care. They don't care about order. They don't care. But what they do care about, what they do care about is being seen as a leader, being viewed as a leader of something. Some people could care less about the task They need to do, and they are more concerned about the title they have. They don't care about the task. They care about the title. They don't care about the responsibility of the title. They just want the title. They just want their recognition. That's all they care about. Not realizing that their task and their title could be used to transform lives and create relationships with people. Mm-mm. No, they don't care about that. Some people don't care about that. Some people who are religious leaders, they seem to only care about rules. They care about rules only. 
just rules. I'm talking about they they are ready to say what somebody didn't do, how they broke a rule. Because if they can catch somebody breaking a rule, they can show somebody that they have a title and they're qualified to call people out who are not following rules. It just makes them feel good. This happens outside of church. <laughs> this happens at the job. It's always a tattletale. Somebody who doesn't do anything, but they always got something to say. Always telling somebody what they need to do, what they need to turn in. And they fail to turn in anything. It happens at school. Don't have a group project. You have some of those in there too. Telling on people, telling the teacher how you didn't show up, what you didn't do. Mind you, you did everything you were supposed to, but they just... You don't have to do all that extra stuff. You don't have to type your papers up. You don't have to do that. You were late five minutes. We didn't know where you were, so we sent an email to the professor saying that you just not equipped with a class, not equipped with a task. We just sent that email out. I mean, if I would have known you were coming, I wouldn't have sent it, but you were five minutes late. It happens in families. I'm not even going to break that down. It happens in families. It happens in the community. It happens at HOA meetings. Happens in organizations. Happens at the grocery store. (laughs) Yes, it does. Happens at the gas station. Happens everywhere where people are. Where somebody has to let somebody else know that they have a title. And they don't even fulfill what the title is. They just like wearing the badge and the sticker and the vest and the headband and the wristlet and the keys. They like to jangle the keys. It's just something about them keys just fumbling in their pocket. It just does something for them. But let me go ahead and get back on target. That's what I need to do. There were some religious leaders. They only cared about their titles and rules because when Jesus healed the woman who suffered from a physical and spiritual disability, the synagogue leaders, the people of the church, the leaders of the church were upset. They were indignant. You know what indignant means? It means someone feels or shows anger or annoyance because something is unfair or wrong. Now, you just heard that definition. You just heard it. Indignant means when someone feels or shows anger or annoyance because something is unfair or wrong. And when we review that passage of scripture where Jesus healed a woman who was suffering, she was bound by an evil spirit. And this spiritual disability impacted her physically, leaving her crippled, bent over. Her view was limited. She endured a host of issues. And the synagogue leader at the church, he was indignant. That lets us know the synagogue leader had a limited view too. His view was distorted and he had a religious tainted view. 
And we know all of this because the synagogue leader didn't want someone to be free. The synagogue leader didn't want that woman standing up straight. He was mad that Jesus healed this woman on the Sabbath. You see how that makes absolutely no sense? Some people can be so religious that they are toxic. They don't care. These types of people, which are some, they don't care, as I mentioned previously, about helping anybody gain a clear view of Jesus. They don't care about that because their view of Jesus is non-existent. They care about rules only. They care about policies only. They only care about procedures. And they care about that so much that they fail to follow and implement the same rules, policies, and procedures themselves. Going back to scripture, a woman just received a miracle. A woman was healed. A woman was liberated. A woman received a gift from God, a blessing from God, and instead of a church leader noticing that, they said, but yeah, there are six days when Work should be done. Therefore, come on those days and be healed and not on the Sabbath day. And we see how Jesus called them out and said, hypocrites. And when Jesus called them a hypocrite, he broke that religious view. He broke it. Jesus told them, doesn't each one of you untie his ox or donkey from the feeding trough on the Sabbath? And lead it to water? Satan has bound this woman, a daughter of Abraham, for 18 years. Shouldn't she be untied from this bondage on the Sabbath day? Jesus let this synagogue leader know that God can deliver anybody on any day of the week at any time. And Jesus was letting this synagogue leader know, who, who made you the controller of God's deliverance? Who made you the monitor of God's gifts? Who told you that you were the keeper of time? Who told you that you were the timekeeper on God's plan of salvation for anybody? See, if you think about it, if those people were in their right mind, because we know they were not, but if they were in their right mind, and their view was on Jesus, and they were honest about what was crippling them or disabling them, if there was a line where Jesus was healing people, he was healing disabled people, and they were in line, they wouldn't want to make an appointment. They wouldn't say, you know what, Lord, I see you healing people on the Sabbath day, and... It is the Sabbath, and I'm going through this disabling situation, this crippling outcome. Yeah, let me go ahead and get out of this line. Even though I see you healing on the Sabbath, I'm going to get out of line, and I'm going to hit you up on a different day. Now, if they were in their right mind, they would receive the liberating power the salvation and deliverance of Jesus right there. If they were in their right mind, they would have never said, you know what, 
I don't want to be healed today because it's a Sabbath. I'm just going to wait another time. That's stupid. That is absolutely stupid and foolish. That lets you know somebody's view is distorted. Their view is dark. Their view is cloudy. They can't see. And that's what these individuals were doing. We know that they could not see. Their view was distorted. Jesus broke their view. Now, they still want to function from that distorted viewpoint. But Jesus broke that view because he called them out, called him a hypocrite. He broke that view. You're telling me that you can untie a donkey on the Sabbath, but I can't untie somebody from their disability on the Sabbath? See, Jesus broke their view. And let me let you know this. You have to be mindful when Jesus delivers you, when Jesus blesses you, when Jesus heals you, when Jesus transforms you, when Jesus elevates you, when he promotes you, and he breaks those distorted views off of you. Watch out, because there might be some people, some people, who you thought would be happy for you. You're at church with them. They're your leaders. You're at the job with them. And instead of them rejoicing with you on what God did for you, they respond with, Jesus only heals during this time. He should have only healed you at this time. I don't know what the Lord was thinking about when he healed you. That's crazy. I mean, I've been saved in church for 50 years and all this standing up straight that you're talking about and you believe in God for? I don't know if that's of the Lord. This believing God business, this trusting God business, this having faith in God and believing what he say? Uh-uh. I don't know what Bible you reading from, but we've never done this. We've never done that. I don't know if that is of the Lord. Look at you. You wearing that? I don't know if that's the way of the Lord. You're supposed to do it this way on this day. So I don't know if that's from the Lord. As a matter of fact, it's not. You need to go ahead and get up out of here. It's trying to stand up straight and you're not trying to be crippled anymore. You need to get out of here. Get out. Get out. You know this happens in any area of your life where you're trying to progress and then you are actually achieving progression. Boy, some people get so mad. They see or they saw you crippled in an area in your life. You could have been crippled in your confidence, crippled in your dream, crippled in a goal, crippled in a relationship, crippled by a decision you made. You were just crippled. You were bent over. You couldn't see. You couldn't just live life the way God intended you to live. But then you got a hold of a revelation. You started trusting God, believing God. And then you're telling somebody, look what the Lord did for me. I was crippled here. But now I'm standing up straight. I'm walking tall. I'm walking with Christ. I'm believing God. You could have been crippled in your money. You could have been crippled with your time. You could have been crippled in people-pleasing. And once you stand up straight, I'm telling you, 
You could have been crippled with your weight. You could have been crippled with your food choices. Crippled with the wrong company. The wrong people you hanging with. Just crippled. So many examples that a person could be crippled from. But once you started standing up straight. Once you went to Jesus and you asked Jesus for help. And then he laid his hands on you. Laid his hands on you and you received revelation, knowledge, insight, wisdom, discernment, boldness, confidence, healthy lifestyle, assurance, security, protection, all of that. People get upset. Some. Some people get upset. You could have lost five pounds, just five. Just five. And your friends and your family, some of them... They will go off on you. They'll talk about you like you stole something from them. They won't speak to you anymore because you lost five pounds. You you think you all of that now? You think you this? Don't go get an education. Get a certificate in something, a degree. Somebody's upset about that. Don't gain any insight. About what you're supposed to do and what you're not supposed to do. Ah, don't, don't bring that over here. It's in anything. Don't go to work and just get there on time. Oh, there you go, trying to be punctual all the time. You're making us look bad. Well, wake up. <laughs> it has nothing to do with me. I'm telling you, it could be anything. Buying some water. <laughs> There you go. She's just got to be healthy, always buying water. Oh, she's such a health nut. (laughs) Y'all know what I'm talking about. I believe you know what I'm talking about. You hear it. You see it. And if you were the person telling people those statements, you know it's real. It's real out here. But praise God that he breaks views. He breaks views. Thank you, God, for breaking views. Thank you, Lord, for breaking crippling views, disabled views, and distorted views. See, what we read about in the Bible, those scenarios went on then, but they're going on present day in some way, shape, or form as it relates to how people treat other people, how people view the Bible or God's word. How they're supposed to live. And although it's still going on in some way, shape, or form, what a blessing it is that Jesus can break distorted views. And that includes the views that we are limited to from our crippled thinking, our crippled state of mind. And then Jesus can break views that people wanted us to only focus on. Or Satan wanted us to focus on. Those were those limited views of potential. Our desires. Our dreams and goals. Where we were looking at those things from a distorted view. Thinking that we could not move forward in them. Jesus knows how to break any ungodly view. And he knows how to reveal the true view. And then God and Jesus, they know how to bless us to view things from their vantage point, the way they want us to see them. 
Jesus can break the views that magnify any lie. Jesus can break the views that declare and perpetuate any disability we go through. Jesus can break the views that fake people want to put on us because they are raggedy. Jesus can break those views. Jesus can break those views in one year, two years, five years, 18 years, 20 years. But Jesus can break the views. And when he breaks the views that do not honor God in our life, we are blessed because we can clearly see now our view is divinely expanded. Our view with Christ allows us to see truth, light, and restoration. Our view with Christ allows us to experience wisdom, revelation, discernment, knowledge, and understanding. Jesus has power over all, and Jesus can break the view of complacency in our life. He can break the view of hopelessness, a hopeless situation. He can break the view of people-pleasing, as I stated earlier. He can break the view of shame, remorse, regret, fakeness, phoniness. He can break the peripheral views people are trying to block you in so you won't see the dangers that they're presenting on the side of you. Jesus can break the distorted view of insecurity, manipulation, control, selfishness, justification, and hate. Jesus can break those views. And when he breaks them, there's a blessing And the blessing is a renewed view. Jesus breaks the wrong views and he knows how to redirect our views back on him. And that's a view that Jesus will never break. He will never break the view that we have when our eyes are fixed on him. And as you go through your day and your life, praise God for breaking the wrong views off of you. The views that tried to kill you the views that try to steal from you, and the views that try to destroy you. Praise God for breaking the views off of you that had nothing to do regarding a relationship with him. A scripture I would like to leave you with is Psalm the 119th chapter in the 37th verse, and it states, Turn my eyes from looking at what is worthless. Give me life in your ways. And I shared this scripture with you as a reminder that Jesus breaks the wrong views. When you go to Jesus in prayer, I encourage you to ask him to break the wrong views off of you and away from you and ask the Lord boldly, just like this psalmist did in scripture. Lord, turn my eyes. Lord, turn my view away from looking at what is worthless. Lord, give me life in your ways. When you genuinely go before God in prayer with that kind of request, don't be shocked when Jesus starts breaking views. But remember, whatever Jesus breaks, there is a blessing in whatever he broke. Let me do a quick recap. Jesus broke the spiritual attack and bondage the woman had on her in scripture. That woman was bound for 18 years. And as she was going through this disability, this spiritual attack, she was limited to only one view. 
And that was looking down. She was not looking up. But when Jesus broke that view, the woman was able to stand up tall and view all the blessings, all the promises, all the things the Lord had in store for her in the present and the future. And that's the same for you. When Jesus turns your eyes from the worthless situations that have you down, that have you looking down, that have you disabled, that have you crippled. When Jesus turns your eyes from those worthless connections that produce no fruit, those worthless conversations, those worthless meetings, anything worthless that is trying to create doubt in you, and Satan is able to use that as an inroad, the Lord knows how to break those worthless views. And when Jesus breaks those worthless views, the blessing is life, abundance, confidence, standing up tall, restoration, and a renewed relationship with Jesus Christ. So remain encouraged. Thank you for tuning in. Feel free to visit my website, drkenitrabryant.com, where you can peruse through the site. Also, you have the option to follow me on Instagram at Aim Towards the Target. Enjoy your day. Peace and God bless.